Hello, I'm James Fitzgerald, reporter at NMA, and welcome to this week's edition of the New Model Advisor podcast. This week, I'm speaking to Group Chief Executive of Frankel Topping, Richard Fraser. We cover how the national firm is dealing with lockdown, logistics, how their advisors are coping, and also on what silver linings the pandemic may hopefully bring to advice in the not-so-distant future when we are all allowed to go outside again. So strap yourselves in and enjoy the podcast. So how has the pandemic and the current situation affected the business? To be honest with you, James, it hasn't. Uh, we um, we were, took the decision two and a half weeks ago to look at this, and we actually split the, te- the business into three teams, A, B, and C, to start trial working from home, make sure everybody was set up. Um, and we, and I can't actually believe it was only last Tuesday, but last Monday, even before his announcement on Monday evening, we told whenever it was, we took the decision to close the office anyway. Yeah. So we've had everybody working from home uh, since last Monday and it has literally business as usual. I mean, we have, it's, I was just saying to Olivia before, I mean, in fact, productivity has gone up. You know, we're actually getting more done, believe it or not. You know, people are working, they're more focused, you know, the, the meetings aren't taking as long, more happening in the day. So um, it, it's actually literally, I mean, I know BAU is a, a phrase that's used by everybody, but it is literally business as usual for us we've you know noticed no 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 drop off at all in anything we're doing is that because because uh frinkle topping of the business was prepared beforehand or is there work from home policies in place or that sort of thing well we'd already had people working from i mean we'd had a policy in, in say you know we've got remote workers uh anyway we've got in birmingham bristol cardiff london uh, in any event so we'd already set that the people We'd always allowed people to have the opportunity to work from home as well, uh, you know, because you can, without the interruptions in office, you can get more done. So we'd mm. always we'd always allow that as part of our policy in any event. So yeah, we were. It was literally quite. It was a, you know quite serious. And I, and, I, and I think uh, one of the ladies yesterday from Quilters made this point, uh, and it is. I'll make it. You know, big big thanks to our IT team, you know, for making sure everybody was at home, everybody had a connection, you know, the right. Um, equipment in order to do these so every single member of the team in some shape at some point we will have a zoom call um, on a regular basis and um, Mark and I have split the, the we take in turns and we we personally ring up every single member of the, of the business so he oh, does right. half one week and I do half and then we swap the team we swap the halves over so we get just to make sure everybody's okay there's no problems they're doing exercise, they're getting food. So, you know, we are, we've, we've, met, and, and do you know what? It's brought us all closer together. You know, genuinely brought the whole team closer together. It's funny that, isn't it, during, you know, the period of you know, distress or, you know, a pandemic, which none of us ever thought we'd, you know, live through, um, how it can really bring people together, especially business as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and, and I genuinely believe that it will change things going forward in the future for the better. On a, on a whole series of different fronts that, you know, there will be good that comes out of this. Yeah, very much so. And in terms of uh, your advisors, is there any extra advice um, or guidance you're giving them for the current situation, especially with, you know, distance advice and that sort of thing? Yeah, so um, we, 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 have, we haven't put in place and we have regular communications out both to the advisors and to, the, um, to, the, to, to our clients. So one of the things that we've done, again, in any event, what we've done is prior to us in lockdown, we got our, the email address of every single client. 
uh, and made sure we had that because we use interns and office IO for, as our CRM system. So you know, we've, got, we've got all our clients' emails so we can react, you know, get information out to the client very, very quickly. You know, what having to do big mail shops, it's all done uh, through MailChimp. Um, but, and, and we just, so every day, um, the essentially the DFM puts out a note every day to the advisors or through Frank talking to the advisors on, you know, what's happening in the marketplace, you know, what, how our funds are performing. So they're getting information every single day. Um, and um, in the event of a client panicking and wanting to encash, and the consultant can't uh, talk to that, then either Mark or I, as the CEO and MD, will speak to them as well, um, just to say it's the wrong time, to, you know, complete the wrong time to encash. And so far, we've only had two that have actually decided to do that. Everybody else has decided, you know, said, you know, decided we'll sit tight, understand that you know, things will need to go through this process to come out the other side. So yeah, I think, I think, Obviously, I think you haven't seen any panicking from clients. This probably comes down to... Um, your guidance from advisors and documentation going out and the extra layer of, you know, management oversight. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think there's one word which is crucial in all this and it's, it's communication, but communication that is clear, concise and gives the right message. Yeah. Perfect. Is there any other content you're working on? Any other initiatives for clients and their advisors? Yes. So, well, so, so a lot of, you know, using social media um, a lot more than we have done uh, to get uh, uh, the message information out. Um, again, so we, again, what we did, we, because of the nature of our client bank, because we have got people who have got underlying health conditions, mm. um, we took the decision nearly three and a half weeks ago now to stop home visits because of the nature of the clients. So using Zoom, you know, everybody's had training on Zoom, uh, to, to, and, and, and also and, uh, getting our clients to know about Zoom and effectively training them. And we've, and we've found that they've taken it, they actually welcome it, the clients like it. And what we're finding is we're actually having more contact with clients, you know, either through Zoom or through telephone calls, because actually the advisors have got more time because they're not spending two hours in a car to go to a meeting. Mm. So the sat and can and speak to then it comes back. It is just communication constantly and, and putting people's minds at rest. You know that we're running, we're doing the right. So we, as a house investment house, essential week before last, uh, we went. We see where bonds were going, so we we sold our holding corporate bonds and went to cash. So we're very heavily weighting to cash a lot of our portfolios at the minute. Um, and not that we're ever a house, an investment house that looks to time markets, because that's not what we're about. We're always a long, you know, strategic long-term holder. But you know, we are starting to a lot of cash, and there is at some point um, opportunity to go back in and increase allocations, particularly to equities. Mm. Um, but you know, we will be very cautious when we make that decision. Very much so. Well, I suppose in these you know turbulent times, you do have to cushion the blow somewhat. Were, were clients receptive to that? Yes, very much so. Very much. So. I mean, you know, I, I, in fact, I had a um, only just funny enough, just before you came on the uh, on the call, I had a, an email from a, a, a very old client of mine, Jennifer. Uh, I won't give you any more because obviously I'm under GDPR. I want to, no worries. Uh, but um, so uh, this was email. Uh, Thanks for your reassurance, uh, and that was received by email today. 
I've had faith in Frankel Topping for the best part of 20 years and I've had no reason for doubt so far. And that's the sort of you know, feedback we're getting from our clients. And you know, I think just generally, uh, uh, you know, not just us, but I think IFAs just generally have a very important part to play from a, you know, with clients and from a financial perspective at the moment, you know, to, to have that constant communication to, you know, to try and stop people panicking you know, um, about the future, about their you know, investments. You know, the, the world's going to change going forward. Uh, and actually, and funny, I had this conversation with my wife this morning, you know, money doesn't actually matter that much, does it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, obviously, we all need money at cost, but don't get me wrong, we all need money to have the basics. Of course we do. But, you know, some of the things that we were striving for before this, actually, you know, don't really matter that much. Yeah. No, very much. Do you think this will change the investment approach for many moving forward, especially in the immediate to, you know, medium term aftermath? Well, I think, yeah, I do actually. I mean, it, it came out in your, uh, your webinar yesterday, you know, talking about what was talked and discussed yesterday. And I, and I genuinely believe, you know, that some of the things that, that, was, that were brought up yesterday about the fragility, particularly of our healthcare system, social co- cohesion, cohesion, and I think that the sustainable development goals that come out of the UN for sustainable investing. So, so to give it what I mean by that, so we've run our own ESG portfolio now for the last three years, mm. and that has held or performed better than any other strategy we've adopted. The, the, at risk level three, our ESG portfolio is only down four point six percent, which is incredible. In, yeah, not bad in, at all. Uh, incredible. And I, do, and I do believe that, um, that this whole view of how people invest is going to change. Um, and I can't remember one of the panels said yesterday, though, that you, you have to look at your own house first. You know, are we carbon neutral? Are we doing everything we can to recycle, not use paper? So if you're going to go and preach that, then you need to make sure you're doing it yourself. Um, but I, I fundamentally believe that our, within a century, that our view of investing on the type of investments will become more and more focused on the UN sustainable development goals because mm. it, it, it has to, you know, whatever you believe about this pandemic, you know, and my belief is this is a little bit of mother nature saying, come on guys, you know, to wake up call here, this is what I can do. You know, if you want to, if you don't change, then I'm going to do something that's going to make you change because we have to, as a winner, if the world wants to survive, we have to change, you know, it's a fact, and I and I think this will. So, so I do think sustainable investing, social responsible investing, <coughs> is a bigger and bigger part of everybody's portfolio going forward. No, very good point. And is this especially we said um, with you know, UN goals and the MIFID two regulations coming in, um, yeah. especially the ESG reporting and that um, along those lines. Do you think, and especially with the pandemic now, is this the kick in the backside that IFA is needed, especially those <laughs> that um, <laughs> don't really you know, believe in these certain things and are aggressive yeah, in the market. I hope so. I really do hope so. I mean, we, as you know, we've had many, we've had a number of conversations like this and we fundamentally believe this and have done for a long time. Mm. Uh, and I have talked to a number of high who don't, you know, think it is just, a, you know, fad. And I hope, I generally hope you're right that it is the, the, the kick up the bum they need to understand that, that because I, I was at the World Business Forum last year and there was a, a professor on from Harvard University and he was saying that, um, Government can't change. Climate change can't come from governments. It can't come from non-for-profit organisations. It has to come from business, and big business have to change yeah. the way they do things. And if they're going to change, then we, 
advising our clients on the companies to invest in has to change. And if you, th if you think that through logically, you know, and I always give the example of the Adidas trainer from Recycle Plastic from the Sea, you know, how successful that has been, um, that, that you, you need to be looking at companies who are carbon neutral, who are doing everything they can for their own social footprints, you know, their, what their responsibility to the world. Um, because if we don't, something like this will come again, along again, and it'll be a lot worse next time. Mm. No, very much so. And as you were saying before, um, with you know, your ESG portfolio, you know, weathered the storm, so to speak, um, compared to you know many others, is when we all you know climb out of the rubble with this thing, for lack of a better phrase, um, it is going to be quite obvious if when we look at you know, ESG portfolios and just, um, sustainable portfolios and those that have you know weathered the storm, that you know surely we're not going to go back and you know, make the same mistakes again, especially when, you know, it can repeat itself so often. Yeah. Well, we're not too, James. I mean, we've certainly took the decision that we're not going to do that. You know, we've, um, um, we've had a, a, an IMC meeting this morning before I spoke to you um, and just talking about where we're positioned cash-wise, where the portfolios are positioned. And I've, I've challenged our investment director, Simon, and Tony, to go away and just look now at everything we're doing, all the product suite that we've got from safety first up to our model portfolio service and ESG, and start to think about how we can look at these, turn it goes through our whole range of products, not just ESG, um, you know, and use the time we've got now to come out with a, a strategy to go forward post the pandemic. We do have quite, yes, it's busy, but you know, now we've got more time on our hands. I think a lot more firms should be doing those kind of, um, you know, negating the risk now for any you know future potential issues. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, and it is, and that's the. I think you know, because you get so busy, don't you? You're so busy during the day. You know the stuff that you need to do and think about, but you just get caught up, don't you? And, and actually, because we're more focused in what we do now, we have got. I fit so much more into my day than I ever. You know, literally. You know, I get up in the morning. I'm quite lucky. I've got a spin bike in the in the other room. I'll go and have a bit, do a bit of exercise, spin, and then I come in here about half eight, and that's it. You know, literally till five o'clock at night. Mm. But a lot of it is quite strategic about where we're going to go. You know, looking at the business, looking at how we want to push the business forward, the messaging that we're putting out there. You know, thinking about who and what we are, and and as an IFA, who and what we are. You know, so there's the, you know there's the IFA business and and what that stands for. There's the there's Essentia and the DFM and what that stands for. Mm. You know, looking at the marketing, the branding, um, you know, so so Mark and I, you know, we had a two-hour session yesterday with our, our marketing um, consultants, just going back to basics on looking at, at everything about, you know, the messaging we put out there. One of our strands has been digitalization. So again, Monday, Mark and I, had a, with our, we've, we've effectively got a consultant to come and completely do an, an overhaul audit on our systems our software but our hardware as well you know making sure that all our people have the right equipment you know they have the right tablets they've got the right computers so you know to a certain degree people are working at home but we've had to couple it together a little bit you know, mm. because believe it or not the week leading up to now if you wanted to buy a laptop you couldn't get one for love and money because everyone's <laughs> yeah. ordering laptops um, but we managed to get the desktops from home and set people up at home so we, we sorted out all that but it highlighted the fact that we need to make sure our people have got the right equipment. You know, if we're going to work from home for more, we're going to do more remotely, then we need to have the right equipment. Um, we need to be, and, and what this has also shown to me is that actually clients 
are quite happy to have this type of interaction, digital interaction. Mm, they, they're quite so. You know, we we as an industry haven't really embraced that. I think this is now gives us time to think about what we do and how we do it and the efficiencies that we can make. So it's the right equipment, the right system. So let me give you an example of one of the things that came out of it. So you know, we get instructed on expert witness work from lawyers. So lawyers will have a case management system. So wouldn't it be great if it's part of their case management system when they've got to come and instruct an expert, financial expert, as part of their system, they've just got a click down bot, which allows them to go in and send the instructions straight, straight through to us. Yeah. So one of the, so um, one of the JBs that we've got that we're very, very close to, I had an email exchange with their senior partner who's agreed and one of the things we're now looking at putting together as a team to look at how we can integrate into their case management system so that going forward, they can just digitally push out to us the information into our system, into IO, so we don't have to get a big ream of paper coming through with all the expert reports. Yeah. Now, you know, it's something we thought about for a while, but, you know, it sometimes you just get lost until you never actually get around to doing it, do you? Exactly, yeah. You know, so that's I suppose this whole thing, you know, really... They birth a lot of new initiatives for firms if they do the right thing now, which one would think they would. We, we, well, we, I would hope you know I would hope people take this opportunity. You know, we've always tried to think about uh, the future, and I think this there's a fan that when this is all finished and we're all hopefully back to some some normality to a certain degree, where uh, I think the if you think about this right, there's a fantastic opportunity for for, for business, particularly in our world in financial services. We've got a great chance to reinvent ourselves, I think, out of the back of this and be viewed differently if you want, you know, if you're prepared to do that. Hmm. I suppose that is one of the silver linings. I mean, surely this would be better if, if IFAs and do the right thing for, you know, customer care and customer communication. I mean, as you said, you know, some out there, you know, can't be bothered or don't want to hop in the car for two, three hours and see their clients, you know, every week or every two weeks or every month. But now they can just hop on, here and talk to them and clients appreciate it, especially if they're distressed, which many are. Is that the big silver lining out of this? I, I think so. You know, I mean, we, we've sort of pushed out, you know, regular correspondence from day one um, of, of what we've done. And I think that, that overriding thing that's come back from clients is, is that communication, you know, is the fact that they're, you know, good and bad, you know, we're communicating with them. And so they're not left in this dark black hole of not understanding what's going on. Mm. Their, you know, particularly their investments. And, and in fact, one of our big solicitor introducers who we've got a number of our big cases with actually told you, said the and it comes back and he says, the communication we're is clear and concise. He says, you're telling me exactly what's happening, what's happening to the client, you know, his under client, underlying client's portfolios. I understand, I get it. So I can answer the questions when they ring me. And when they speak to me, you're giving me the answers. Which is which you're actually so far ahead a lot of the other investment houses i'm not getting the same level of communication from them and, I, and I, i'll keep coming back to, and it is just communicating is it you know it's taking the time you know i've got three kids we have a we have two zoom calls a week now right i never did you know my kids are 26 24 and 20. <laughs> I never did that, you know, you know, to, you know, for us to get, have a chat like that, we spent an hour last night just, you know, talking, which, that, you know, that never happened, my daughter's not in university, you know, I, I was lucky if I, if I got a text from her once a, once a quarter, or if she'd run out of money and dad, I need some cash, you know, that was probably about, you know, the extent, the extent of the communication, that's changed, 
you know, it is that just people actually taking time to talk to each other and listen to each other. You know, I think which is which is great. 